Hello, faithful listeners. This is Pastor John Clowder from Faith Lutheran Church here in Forest Lake, and we are so glad that you are listening online to our online podcast. Welcome you to worship anytime on Sundays at 9 a.m. or 10.30, and thanks for being here. Thanks for participating in worship with us as we look forward to the week ahead. A reading from Genesis. When they heard the sound of God strolling in the garden in the evening, The man and his wife hid in the trees of the garden, hid from God. God called to the man, where are you? He said, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid. God said, who told you that you were naked? Did you eat from that tree I told you not to eat from? The man said, the woman you gave me as a companion She gave me fruit from the tree, and yes, I ate it. God said to the woman, What is this that you've done? The serpent seduced me, she said, and I ate. God told the serpent, Because you've done this, you're cursed. Cursed beyond all cattle and wild animals. Cursed to slink on your belly and eat dirt all your life. I'm declaring war between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers. He'll wound your head, and you'll wound his heel. A lesson from Jeremiah. For the time is coming, says the Lord, when I will raise up a righteous descendant from King David's line. He will be a king who rules with wisdom. He will do what is just and right throughout all the land. And this will be his name. The Lord is our righteousness. In that day, Judah will be saved, and Israel will live in safety. In that day, says the Lord, when people are taking an oath, they will no longer say, as surely as the Lord lives, who rescues the people of Israel from the land of Egypt. Instead, they will say, as surely as the Lord lives, who brought the people of Israel back to their own land from the land of the north and from all the countries to which he had exiled them. Then they will live in their own land. A reading from Isaiah. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. For those who lived in a light of land of deep shadows, light, sunbursts of light. For a child has been born for us the gift of a son for us. He'll take over the running of the world. His name will be Amazing Counselor, Strong God, Eternal Father, Prince of Wholeness. His ruling authority will grow, and there'll be no no limits to the wholesomeness he brings. He'll rule from the historic David throne over that promised kingdom. He'll put that kingdom on a firm foundation and keep it going with fair dealing and right living, beginning now and lasting always. The zeal of God of the angels' armies will do all this. A reading from Luke. In the, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to the Galilean village of Nazareth to a virgin engaged to to be married to a man descended from David. His name was Joseph, and the virgin's name Mary. 
Upon entering, Gabriel greeted her. Good morning. You're beautiful with God's beauty, beautiful inside and out. God be with you. She was thoroughly shaken, wondering what was behind a greeting like that. But the angel assured her, Mary, you have nothing to fear. God is a surprise for you. You will become pregnant and give birth to a son and call his name Jesus. He will be great. He will be called the Son of the Highest. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will rule Jacob's house forever. No end ever to his kingdom. Mary said to the angel, But how? I've never slept with a man. The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the highest hover over you. Therefore, the child you bring to birth will be called Holy, Son of God. And did you know that your cousin Elizabeth conceived a son, old as she is? Everyone called her barren, and here she is, six-month pregnant. Nothing you see is impossible with God. And Mary said, Yes, I see it all now. I'm the Lord's maid, ready to serve. Let it be with me, just as you say. Then the angel left her. A lesson from Luke. About that time, Caesar Augustus ordered a census to be taken throughout the empire. This was the first census when Quirinius was governor of Syria. Everyone had to travel to his own ancestral home to be accounted for. So Joseph went from the Galilean town of Nazareth up to Bethlehem in Judea, David's town. For the census, as a descendant of David, he had to go there. He went with Mary, his fiancée, who was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth. She gave birth to a son, her firstborn. She wrapped him in a blanket and laid him in a manger, because there was no room in the inn. A reading from Luke. There were shepherds abiding in the fields at night. They had set night watches over their sheep. Suddenly, God's angel stood among them, and God's glory blazed all around them. They were terrified. The angel said, Don't be afraid. I'm here to announce a great and joyful event that is meant for everybody, worldwide. A Savior has been born in David's town a Savior who is Messiah and Master. That is what you're to look for, a baby wrapped in a blanket and lying in a manger. At once the angel was joined by a huge angelic choir singing God's praises. Glory to God in the heavenly heights. Peace to all men and women on earth who please him. As the angel choir withdrew into heaven, the shepherds talked it over. Let's go over to Bethlehem as fast as we can and see for ourselves what God has revealed to us. They left, running, and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. Seeing was believing. They told everyone they met what the angels had said about this child. All who heard the shepherds were impressed. A reading from John. The Word was first, the Word present to God, God present to the Word. The Word was God, in readiness for God from day one. 
Everything was created through him. Nothing, not one thing, came into being without him. What came into existence was life, and life was light to live by. The life light blazed out of the darkness. The darkness couldn't pull it out. There once was a man, his name was John, sent by God to point out the way to the life light. He came to show everyone where to look, what to believe in. John was not himself the light. He was there to show the way to the light. The life light was the real thing. Every person entering life he brings into light. He was in the world. The world was there through him, and yet the world didn't even notice. He came to his own people, but they didn't want him. But whoever did believe, did want him, who believed he was who he claimed and who would do what he said, he made to be their true selves, their child of God selves. These were the God-begotten, not blood-begotten, not flesh-begotten, not sex-begotten. The word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. We saw the glory with our own eyes, the one-of-a-kind glory, like father, like son, generous inside and out, true from start to finish. Well, hope really is all around us, isn't it? Plastered on the windows as you came in, the sequins and jewels, these reminders that through all of this, we're filled with hope. For those of you who are at home, getting a sense of where these signs are throughout all of the stained glass windows along the sides of the sanctuary, the jewels and sparkles, the glitter which catches our eye, these special symbols of hope for us today, this final Sunday of Advent. Windows are such an important part of our congregation, aren't they? I mean, it's what we see when we drive by. It's this reminder as the light shines through and gives us this vast array of hues of beauty. It's something that every time we come into this sanctuary, it might be a slightly different color that catches our eye. I recently heard a story about a window as told by a man named Nathan. And so Nathan recalled that a few years ago, he he was talking about how this neighbor kid of his had kicked a football and it broke through his basement window. Now Nathan had four kids of his own and he was living on a teacher's salary, so instead of trying to fix it on the spot, he boarded it up, planned uh, planned to get to it another day, someday. Now the frame was rusted shut. And so over the years, Nathan would would get estimates from window companies, and he planned to upgrade all of his windows in his house to become energy efficient. But whenever he saw the price tag, about $15,000, he was thinking, this is just a little bit too out of reach. Now, in the meantime, this boarded-up window let in bugs, but unfortunately, no light. One contractor was explaining to him that the location of the window as it was embedded into the foundation meant that whoever would replace it would need to chisel it out by hand, which was also going to be a lot of work, and of course, cha-ching would be really expensive. And there were six of those that he'd have to take care of. Nathan explained that the thought of that window ate at him for years. Every time he went to the basement 
and notice how dark it was. Every time he went to the hardware store and thought about this project he didn't do, it nagged at him. And he knew he needed to address it, but he'd built up the process and the price so much in his mind that it just paralyzed him. Then Nathan's wife got a job, a new job. They had to move somewhere. And a potential buyer for the house wasn't going to be able to get an FHA loan if there was a broken window. So Nathan pulled off the boards and faced it head on. Now it had been at least five years of staring at this boarded up window. So he grabbed some WD-40 and he sprayed around the frame, gave it a little bit of a tug, and sure enough, the frame popped right out. And he took the frame to the hardware store. And when it was all said and done, it was a $12 fix. $12. Nathan could have fixed this problem on the very day it happened for $12, but instead he let it haunt him for years. And he finally fixed it for somebody else once his own house was empty and he was ready to move away. He realized it didn't need to be the most efficient window, it just needed to be a window. And then as Nathan told the story, he paused. And he said, okay, this story isn't really about the window. He said, yes, it's a true story, but it's also a pretty decent parable. Many of us, especially those with anxiety or depression or grief, we live with broken windows of one type or another. Everybody gathered here has a broken window that you're probably thinking about. And these broken windows are different. They are things that are seriously affecting our quality of life and the things that we know we need to focus on, but we get frozen and the action to address them seems too daunting. So Nathan, in his reflection, said there's a few things that we can recognize uh, what those broken windows are. And when we do realize what those broken windows are, he had a few suggestions. He said, first, an imperfect solution now is better than a perfect solution that will never happen. He said, doing the right thing is often less painful than thinking about doing the right thing and letting it eat at you. He said, acknowledging how the problem is affecting you can actually reduce its power over you. He said, don't blame yourself for dwelling on your broken windows. Just enjoy the light provided when you have gone and fixed the problem. Some, some windows can't be fixed alone. Getting help is not a weakness. And then finally, he said, you don't have to fix all of it now. Just start by starting. You know, the story of Mary is a window into another time when the world looked hopelessly broken. Now, over time, we've certainly glorified Mary, and perhaps with good reason, mind you. I mean, she plays such a vital role in the story of Jesus. But Mary is human after all. She has anxieties and struggles heaped upon her. How do you think she felt when that angel first appeared into her life? Luke tells us she's perplexed. The angel, when seeing her reactions, like, Mary, don't be afraid. Easier said than done. We have hindsight to know that it's going to turn out okay for Mary. But in the moment, where do you think her mind is going? How many windows are breaking in her life when she hears this news? Maybe that first window of thinking, wow, my relationship with Joseph is destroyed because he can divorce me now hearing this news. Or maybe he's, 
Maybe hearing this news and knowing that she's going to have to claim her child to be the king when the current King Herod is not going to like that news either. You can't exactly go around telling everyone in the kingdom that your child is the Son of God. For example, a few Bethlehem bumper stickers here. Well, if it isn't Mary and Joseph, as the one person on her camel says, our son is an honor student, the other's our son is in medical school, and there, of course, is Mary on her donkey saying, our son is God. That'll get their attention. But that's attention she really can't afford to take. Mary is confronted with this situation, and I wonder, is this really good news? You know, when the angel announces the plan, the annunciation Basically, the angel's telling her how God intends to fix the broken window of the world. But what about Mary? What about her agency? What does she have to do? Now, all of a sudden, God has thrust this broken window upon her. Will she dwell on how scary this is? Or will she embrace it and pretend nothing has happened? Fortunately, Mary doesn't have to do it alone. The Holy Spirit is with her, and so is someone else who's going through an unsettling and miraculous event at the same time, her relative Elizabeth. And when Mary goes to visit her, it's Elizabeth who affirms this call. It's Elizabeth who says, yes, Mary, it's you. You are blessed among women. Blessed is the fruit of your womb. And then she says this, blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. All of a sudden, Mary has made a switch. She now is able to embrace the call. And although it was very daunting at the beginning, her mind must have been constantly racing, nagging at her. Oh my goodness, what am I going to do? She had to have been worried about the consequences, the drama, the stress on her relationship with Joseph. Yet it's now Elizabeth who puts this scary news into a new light. And Mary's soul magnifies the Lord and she starts singing. Today's Lessons and Carols Sunday. Our hearts sing the good news. We proclaim this good news with our voices. And there's one song that I always think of when I read Luke 1. Maybe it's been in your uh, ear as well this, this Advent season. I know some of us cheat and listen to the Christmas songs. But Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day walk on water? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new? This child that you delivered will soon deliver you. Now, before you jump out of your seats and say, well, yes, of course she knew. She, she just heard it from the angel. Of course Mary knew. Hang on. Because knowing, like she did when the angel told her, is different than embracing when she does this after Elizabeth tells her. Mary's about to go on the adventure of her lifetime, And she has no idea how this is going to unfold. Yeah, she knows that she's about to bear the Savior, but she has no idea the journey that she's about to go on. She doesn't know how Jesus will deliver us. She doesn't know how God will provide these miracles through Jesus. She just knows with confidence now that he will. It's funny, though, the composer of this song, Mark Lowry, he didn't intend to minimize the fact that Mary was told this by the angel. His song has been accused of some theological mansplaining. But Lowry said that when he wrote this, that was the last thing he wanted to do. He didn't want to insult Mary. He didn't want to anger fellow believers. He wanted this song to be an invitation for us to step into Mary's sandals. 
to be filled with awe, to be told that this good news of someone bearing the Savior of the world is something spectacular. And seeing how Jesus will do this is incredible. He said, I hope this song makes people think about the baby Jesus. And then when they hear this song, it sends them running to the scripture, to read Luke 1, to find out what Mary knew. So in this time, I invite us to open up our Bibles. Have this be part of our process to repair the broken windows in our lives. Don't think about those, those broken windows in our lives as being disconnected from our faith. Like, well, that's happening over here in this part of my life, and my faith is over here. But actually bring those two together. Because God must be part of our solutions. Just like the Holy Spirit was there for Mary, when we are trusting Jesus to walk beside us, we can overcome anything. Any challenge or any fear, any burden that we have. As we pray on it, we know that God is with us. So in this final week of waiting, as we've lit four candles, we've got this one in the middle that we're so excited to be able to light on Friday. We get to know that Jesus is walking with us. And so I want us to think about the windows that need repair. Is there a conversation you've been avoiding? A petty disagreement that you just need to be able to let go of? Or a way to be able to find some forgiveness in your heart? Maybe there's a bad habit or an important task that you've been procrastinating. Remember that there is hope all around us, but hope alone can't fix our broken windows. You know, what really can glue all of it back together is love. And look at where it's positioned. How love is wed with the cross. And love is actually right in front of us. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would suffer and die for us, for our salvation? I doubt you could have imagined such a fate. How could the world do this to someone bringing love into the world? But thank God Jesus did. Thank God Mary embraced that call and she sang for joy at the news of a savior to be born from her womb. But that story's coming up next. And I promise, the way this one goes, it's a good one. Amen. Well, that's it for this week's sermon. Thank you for joining us. Look for more information on faithfl.org or certainly reach out to the office if you would like to receive weekly email updates. Thank you.